We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, uh, the DFS Friday version. It is week nine. I am Scott Jensen, joined as always by Andrew Laird. Uh, Andrew, before we jump into the slate, how's everything going? It's good. Uh, how do you feel about the fact that the 49ers have the best player in football name now with Richie James? Uh, quite a performance by Richie James. Yeah, that was... Uh, uh, I won't get into too much of uh, why the heck they played that game last night. Uh, <laughs> considering the 49ers literally had no one... Uh, it sounds like Kendrick Bourne's COVID test is a false positive, but it doesn't matter because um, you know Brandon Ayuk and Trent Williams still had to sit because of the close tracing stuff. Uh, I don't know... I know why they forced that game last night as the standalone, but uh, it sure seemed like a lot of teams uh, get to get pushed back, and the 49ers uh, were given no consideration there, although with their injuries, they probably weren't beating Green Bay anyway. Yeah, you had the benefit of like not – like had the 49ers been healthy all season, oh. not even just the COVID stuff, but like if Kittle was still there and Garoppolo and Mostert and – I mean, the list is literally goes yeah. on and if on. If that was if that was like six and two and five and two and like for playoff seating, I would have been pretty pissed last night. Yeah, but, no, uh, I was very easily over uh, able to get over it. Uh, Green Bay minus six helped me get over it. So it was uh, I couldn't believe that line was six with the, the what the Niners were starting and the the, the thirty four seventeen looks better than it was. But McKinnon scored with four seconds left, and obviously it was a blowout the whole way. But um, it was like yeah, seven and a half. Uh, the NFL point, certainly certainly forced that game through. Yeah, wasn't it seven and a half at one point? 
I think it was. It was uh, it was six and a half, and then it was uh, it got to six by kickoff, and I was like, this is just stupid. Like, yeah. it, it seems. I think it's, I think it was the you know the 49ers and Shanahan can can get through stuff, and they beat the Rams when nobody thought they would. And um, I don't know when you're. I think we're missing eight starters, nine starters, something like that, on, on just on offense. So like I think it was right. like thirteen or fourteen total. Um, at some point, uh, it doesn't matter who the heck's coaching, and you're not getting through that. Yeah, it's funny. I was going to say eight sounds really light, but then you said on yeah. offense. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that sounds. Yeah, good. yeah. I think they had three, uh, three. Light. I know they had no zero people that touched the football in the in the championship game last year against Green Bay played last night. That's incredible. That yeah. is absolutely incredible. It was seven injuries plus Matt Breida, who they traded in the offseason. Yeah, the that's nuts. I remember like when I was writing about it, it was like, oh, Richie James, how's he done this season? I'm like, oh, zero targets. He's returned kicks and nothing else. So yeah, yeah he was uh, did play well, but there was a lot of uh, a lot of garbage time in there too. But let's jump into uh, into week nine. Uh, we have a really uh, pretty good slate here. We got a lot of high scoring uh, potential games. Um, I was surprised as I as I went through this. Uh, I, I liked a lot more players than I thought I was going to. As as we went through, I kind of kept going. Oh, I, like, I could see that. I could see that. Especially in the passing game, I think there's a lot of good yeah. quarterback wide receiver stacks this week. Uh, we talked kind of off air about uh, how last week, you know, I nailed a lot of the wide receivers, but running backs just killed me. I didn't have any. I didn't have any Dalvin Cook. I had Kareem Hunt instead, and that obviously uh, did not pay off very well. But you know, with Metcalf and Ayuk and Keenan Allen as my three my three main receivers, uh, my team still worked out pretty well. But Running back, uh, running back, just uh, was not good last week. Hopefully, we can get back, get back in a, on a better track there this week. I find it funny that you're bearing the lead of the guy that you actually regret having, and you blaming it on Kareem Hunt. Uh, I don't even remember who it was. Who was it? Terrible. It was the uh, present day Trent Richardson. <laughs> oh, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. Uh... And it's funny, like it's probably more of a preseason podcast, but like mistakes you make. I think I, I every once in a while get in that spot, like. Oh, I'm going to get predict the breakout a week earlier. It's finally going to come, and I did that with Jonathan Taylor last week. I kind of liked the setup. Um, I think they're—I forget who they're playing now, but I mean, they ran for it with that. Naheem Hines scored twice. Jordan Wilkins scored once. So, like, mm-hmm. they got three touchdowns from running backs, scored 41 points. So, um, I had that part of it right, but I had the Jonathan Taylor part so so wrong. He get, he got banged up a little bit too. He had a little bit of an ankle going on, but um, just a bad pick. And I think that like forcing that, you know, the breakouts now, or we're waiting for this now, and, and trying to get it a week early, uh, doesn't really make sense in DFS. Yeah, I mean, if you said before the game, like if you saw the score and the rushing lines, like you'd go all over Taylor. So Mm -hmm. Uh, I was joking you that um, a guy in my home league, so those of you who didn't listen to the preseason podcast, I have my home league is on DraftKings. We've given up on true season-long fantasy football. But he played Hines, and I was just like, I texted the group, and I'm like, what are you doing playing Hines? Like, why would you play Hines? (laughs) And... uh, you know, the, obviously, the two, the two receiving touchdowns apparently was yeah. uh, what he's looking for. Because I mean, like, there was no reason to play high. And no, like the, the the uh, results grossly outweighed the process on that one, but it worked. So he was just Big like, time. he beat me last week. So it's like tough. Yeah, what are you gonna do at that point? What are you gonna do? And he, right. every once in a while, you do get that. I don't think that'll, I don't think that'll work over the course of the season. But yeah, in one week, that uh, that definitely happens. Uh, I, by the way, you mentioned that. I like the I like the DFS as your as your season long league because uh, season long NFL has not been very fun this year. I I can imagine. It's funny. I uh, People sporadically ask me like start sit questions and I'm like looking at these two guys and I'm like, I don't, I don't think this is like, how is this possible? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, because one guy's playing Sunday and one's Monday. So I just like don't ever have them in the yeah. same conversation in my head. Or you're like, that salary swap doesn't work very well. Like what's the guy talking about? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So you, you're asking me between an $8,000 running back and a $4,600 wide receiver. Why are we doing this? Um, yeah, I yeah. found myself as in season long right now as more of a slog and is a lot of fun at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's 
that's how I felt for years. So that's yeah. <laughs> so let, let's jump into the fun slate. Uh, we've got we have four teams on bye this week, so we'll be talking about them: the the Bengals, the Browns, the Rams, and the Eagles. We had the Packers and 49ers in that wonderful game last night. Of course, not on the slate. We had uh, the, the big game Sunday night. Actually, a good game Sunday night. The Saints and the Bucks, which should be a lot of fun. That's off the slate. And then uh, the big Monday night game. I think the, Huge. the total of the game is like 75 or something. We had the Patriots <laughs> and the Jets. <laughs> it's going to be, obviously, the most watched Monday night football game of all time. You could you could see like preseason you're like, oh, we got the Patriots. That'll be fun. Maybe the Jets will be a little bit up and coming. We've got Boston versus New York and possibly the worst matchup of all time. It's um, I mean, I've uh, really, it really has no interest at all. I've been writing uh, the uh, single game slate articles, and yeah. it just seems like every single one either has two teams from the NFC East or at least one. And I keep crapping all over how bad these teams are. But Monday night is about as bad as it can. I mean, we had uh, earlier this season, we had um, Browns Bengals on a Thursday that felt like it was going to be awful and turned out to be pretty good. Yeah, it was actually pretty good. Yeah. yeah. We had uh, Titans-Jaguars, which ended up being okay. Um, I just don't see how that Monday night game is any way watchable or fun, even for DFS. And by the way, since you won't say it, I will. If you if you do play those showdown games, definitely read Andrew's uh, write ups every uh, week. There's the Thursday and the Monday night games. Um, I've actually done really well in showdown this year. I mean, not really well, but cashing and doing well. And your your write ups are really good and kind of get into that like the, you know the third and fourth wide receivers and the second tight end stuff you have to do in showdown. So I, I find that article. You, I think you write like twenty five hundred words or something on one game. Uh, it's impressive research, so it's good much. stuff. So I, I would recommend anybody who does play those to uh, to jump. That's the first thing I read when I kind of break down my team. Appreciate that, Scott. Yeah, of course. Uh, so let's jump into this slate. Uh, we got some high totals I mentioned. We have six games that are over 50 on the uh, on the Vegas over-under. We got Broncos-Falcons. Uh, you know, interesting game. Obviously, the Falcons give up a lot of points. They can score a little bit, although Calvin Ridley probably is not going to play. Uh, Seahawks-Bills is kind of the, the big carnival game this week. 55-point spread there. We obviously got the, the, the Seahawks who score a ton and give up a ton. Uh, crazy stat, Seattle's 88% on scoring touchdowns in the red zone. League average is 62%. So that's... Uh, Hopefully, uh, we talked about season long. If you have Jason Myers in your season long league, that has not worked well. But uh, I tell you what, them, them converting in the red zone is just a, a huge weapon. Uh, and it's not Panthers, like they have some huge running back who's like banging in all these touchdowns. Or, or any running back. Right. <laughs> Every, everybody's right. hurt right now. I mean, Chris Carson's good when he plays. But yeah, yeah it's, just, it's just all Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf. Uh, Panthers, uh, Chiefs is 52 and a half. Raiders, Chargers, my kind of favorite game to get a little, get a little wild. It's 51 and a half. I really like that game back and forth. Uh, Texans, Jaguars, 50 and a half, mostly because the Jaguars are freaking terrible. And uh, Lions, Vikings is 52 and a half, but kind of up in the air because um, Matthew Stafford is, is, is questionable whether he's going to be back from the COVID list or not. I think it's like three or four weeks in a row now that you have said that you like the uh, Raiders game. Yeah, it, I, I did. To be fair, last week I took it totally off once the weather kind of broke in Sunday night. I played almost nothing <clears> in that game that – once I saw the wind between Mayfield and Carr, I kind of took that one off. So, uh, yeah, I would have liked that game last week in good weather, but the weather just killed that game. Yeah, but that's not – I mean, you still – like, weather is the reason. It's not like it was any other yeah, reason. Yeah, I know. So. I, I do. I like them to score a little bit. I like they can give up points, and it's always a, a really good combo. Yeah. So, uh, we do have a couple of low totals. We have uh, the Giants and the and the uh, Washington oh, football oh, team. I almost oh. I caught myself. <laughs> caught it. Uh, you mentioned the NFC East uh, we've got here. That's a 43. And then the other NFC East uh, team, we got the Cowboys playing the Steelers, which, you know, uh, six weeks ago looked like a fantastic, fun game. Over under there is 42. But the Steelers implied total is 28. So that says a lot about the Cowboys right there. Uh, last note on the Giants Redskins. Oh, God, I almost did it again. You jinxed me so badly. <laughs> 
Uh, to be fair, Rich Eisen did it yes uh, last week on, on uh, the, the morning football show too, so I don't feel yeah. too bad. Um, Daniel Jones in his career as a starter, three and zero against Washington, one and sixteen against everybody else. Wow, <laughs> that is wild. That is pretty good. So uh, let's jump into running backs. We mentioned uh, Dalvin Cook. He's uh, my top play of the week. I think everybody's. I don't think we're breaking any news there. 8,200 on DraftKings, 9,300 on FanDuel. Uh, just a monster game last week uh, coming off the injury. 30, uh, 163 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, 63 yards uh, receiving and a touchdown. This we have four touchdowns. Has scored in every game. They are a home favorite this week against the Lions. Lions have given up eight rushing touchdowns and running backs on the year. Only one running back over 100 yards, but as Aaron Jones went crazy on them. He had 168 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, they gave up a lot, of, uh, a lot of production to the Saints a few weeks ago. Um, I think if you're playing cash this week, I think you just play Dalvin Cook and you kind of move on with the rest of your lineup after that. Uh, Cook was definitely the first guy in my lineup um, yeah. just to see like what happens when you build around him. I hate to say that there are multiple running backs that I think are in play this week. Um, and obviously they're all going to be cheaper than Cooks or Cook because only yeah. uh, McCaffrey's more expensive on DraftKings. Um, I... I think you will – I'll put it this way. I think you will like your uh, lineup better without Cook. All right. But I think you still play Cook. Yeah, I kind of think that's how it is too. There's a lot of uh, more running backs than I normally have that yeah. I have bolded this week on my sheet. And they're kind of – they're all under – I'm looking at scrolling here. They're all – a lot of them. I think they're all under 7,000. Yes, they are. 7,000 yep. or below. I, I was just looking to make sure. Uh, before we do jump into a lot of interesting names in that range, um, you mentioned Christian McCaffrey likely to play this week. Um I just don't know how much they're going to play him. I mean, the setup would be great against at Kansas City. You would love like you know eight dump offs in the second half normally. I just think with Mike Davis there and kind of coming back, I don't I don't think they fully ride him. I've been wrong on them uh, riding McCaffrey before, but uh, I'm not paying him at the price this week uh, coming off the first week of injury. Yeah, in cash games, I don't know how you do it. Like um, as of this is Friday morning. Um, yeah. We he hasn't even been activated yet. I mean, I think all indications are that he's going to play. But yeah, yeah. It's but, like, I mean, they're they're still saying hopeful, and they're not yeah. they're not. It's not like slam dunk. I just I, I can't fathom he gets ninety five percent of the touches in that backfield this week. I mean, I've, like I said, I've been wrong before in the Panthers, but um, he's still priced way up. I think is the key. Like if he was priced lower, I'd be like, oh, maybe I can maybe I could figure out a way to talk myself into him. But at eighty five hundred DraftKings, ninety five hundred Fanduel, like there's just no way I play him over Cook. Yeah, um, I think the. The more interesting conversation is, do you play Davis if McCaffrey doesn't get activated? Um, yeah, that's interesting, too. I, I think he's going to play, but I, I I think there's enough guys I like more. But yeah. uh, he certainly works with the way that they run their offense in a game they should be trailing. Yeah, I mean, just there's too much. Davis was um, – not that Davis was, like, fantastic, uh, and he's gotten progressively worse uh, as the season goes on. But, like, he's done well enough – where completely taking him out of the offense doesn't seem like a legitimate option. And yeah, that, 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 that's a good point right there. I just think that they have a weapon there, and there's just there's no point for them not to sit C-Mac when they need to every once in a while during, during games, which they never did before. Exactly, exactly. So, um, so yeah, I think, um, like I said, I think there are other guys you can play. Davis, I actually don't think, is one of them. Um, but <laughs> everyone that you go down, like if you don't play Cook, and the other guys... Obviously, you're not going to be as good as Cook. That's why they're cheaper. So you really have to compare them with the better wide receivers or better quarterback that you can get. But I think the nobody that you're going to be considering, except maybe one or two guys, uh, is like full foolproof. Like we, they're just either the snap share is not big enough, or they don't uh, get enough uh, 
targets or there's always something where they're like it's a good you know it's a great matchup for the price and all this stuff but in the end of the day like you still need actual fantasy points and so um i think that's why most people are just going to end up on cook before we do get to the 7,000 and below, which we, we mentioned we like a lot of guys, uh, Derrick Henry, 7,900 on DraftKings, 8,900 on FanDuel. He scored in five straight games, eight rushing touchdowns in, in that stretch. Uh, he has four games out of seven, over 110 yards. Uh, the only thing is they're playing, they're playing Chicago. So um, Chargers got a pretty good defense, tough matchup there, but they, it's a good game script. They're favored at home, so they, you know, they should. you know The way that Tennessee plays, you want them leading in the second half if you play Henry. Um, only Ronald Jones has been over 100 yards on the Bears. Uh, what do you do with Henry? He's kind of like that in-between where he's like a little bit cheaper than Cook, but a good amount more expensive than probably the other guys we're going to like below him. Yeah, I, I don't see any need to play him. Like, it, I think he makes for like a fine GPP play because I don't think that many people are going to be on him. Right. But the Bears defense is just one that like generally I don't need to go into if I don't have to. And Cook obviously gives us a much easier alternative. I mean, even some of the guys below have better matchups. And so... You know, you'll, you know what you'll get from Henry, at least in terms of touches, or generally now. Um, I just don't think you need it this week. Okay. Uh, so let's jump into those guys. Uh, the first one I want to bring up is, is Chase Edmonds. Uh, 6,800 on DraftKings. Kenyon uh, Ken Drake is not going to play. I know he's, like, not officially out, but he's not practicing. I don't think – it's pretty pretty certain he's not going to play. It's weird. You look at Edmonds, and you, you see the talent right away. He doesn't have more than six rushes in any games, but he's at 6.1 yards per carry. I think he's like the perfect guy to play next to Kyler Murray where you can't put that extra guy in the box, or if you do, you're the guy the guy's watching Kyler. You just have that that that, uh, that threat of running um, you know, is what makes guys really good, what made Kenyon Drake good last year. Um, does have six-plus targets in three of his last four. These are already starting to use him as a guy out of the backfield. Um you know, the question is, will they ride him into the ground? Like, are they going to, you know, they gonna have you know Benjamin or someone like that kind of take the Edmonds role and get some time there? It's going to be kind of an Edmonds bell cow thing. Uh, nice game script. They're fared by, I think, four and a half over the Dolphins. Miami hasn't allowed a 100-yard running back all year, so they, they've been pretty pretty good on defense. But um, I assume everybody's going to you know, flock to, Ed, to Edmonds this week. I think he's going to be pretty popular. Where do you fall on, on playing him this weekend? Uh, I think you're right that a lot of people are going to go there, which um... – the, I was listening to something earlier this week. I apologize because I have no recollection of where it came from. <laughs> but the conversation was about Kareem Hunt. Um, and the conversation was basically that the expectation when Chubb got hurt was that Kareem Hunt would take on Chubb's role and keep his own. Yep. And basically he hasn't, like his previous role is is gone. Like he's taken on Chubb's role actually with less volume. So like we didn't get like all of it. And that's my worry with Edmonds that like they, if we're expecting Edmonds now to like take over Drake's role and keep his own, um, like if that happens, then yeah, 6,800 is great. You get, you know, 15 to 20 carries plus the six or seven targets. Like, of course you take that. But I just have a fear that they just don't really want to run him that much. And if that's the case, then, I mean, if he's, if he's going to get 10 targets or 12 targets, then... I guess it makes sense. But if he's still getting like under 10 carries, is 6,800 really that great? Yeah, I mean, I think that he, the key with him is, I think you're not going to get full, full load like that. But I do think you get, uh, I think you get the talent that comes with that. And you look at Kenyon Drake, 
Um, before he got hurt, he had uh, he had 20 carries the week before, 18 the week before that. He had uh, two other weeks where he had 18 and 20. So he's getting a lot of carries. That and the Cardinals yeah. just run their offense so quickly. We've talked about that a bunch. That you just there's so much opportunity with the number of the number of plays that they run. So um, the risk is that you do have Kyler with anything inside the 20. He's probably going to run it in. And it's not like you know guys that you're worried about inside the five quarterbacks running in like Josh Allen. Like Kyler inside the 20. Like he score. He's I think he has a rushing touchdown almost every every week but one. Um, they're just such a weapon there of running the ball. He's just so quick around the goal line. But um, I tend to, I think I like Edmonds a little more than you do. Just I think he's really, really good. I think he's a significant amount better than Kenyon Drake. Yeah. I think we're going to see big chunk runs from him. Um, I don't think you're going to get like you know, Derrick Henry type of workload by any means. But I think the chunk plays – um, that kind of thing. I think he has a, a good chance to, you know, score from out, uh, score from distance. And then the question for me is whether they do use him inside the five. I don't know what they're going to do in there with the way they run their offense. If they bring someone else in to kind of not take that pounding at the goal line, I don't think they want to really run Edmonds in the ground. Uh, they priced him up. I mean, by number 6,800, if he was like 5,800, I would like, yeah. we wouldn't even have this conversation. I would just play him and move on. But uh, I think there are other guys in this range that I like almost as much. So I'm not quite in the, let's just play Edmonds and move on category that I think some people are this week. Well, <clears throat> That's that's how I felt, is that there are other guys that... So the one that jumped out at me, and if you can take yourself out of the disappointment of the last of last week, or was it two weeks ago, like what makes Edmonds a much better play than um, James Conner? I don't think he has a better play. Oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah. Like Conner's uh, the reason I wasn't looking at Edmonds. Like yeah. I, I think Edmonds is fine. I think a lot of people are going to go there. I think a lot of people are going to go there because... They so like the price is up, but he's still like we think of him as like a cheaper guy. Mm-hmm. So we're like, oh no, no, like Edmund, he'll he's gonna crush because like he's getting all these targets, and we think of him as a fifty five hundred dollar running back. So like that's why we should play him. But like everything is working in Connor's favor this week. So you mentioned that on DraftKings. Just a note on FanDuel, uh, Connor's fifteen hundred more than Edmonds. So there you got a big difference there. So I think this is a this is a, like a what site you're on kind of question yep. right here because Edmonds is sixty seven hundred on FanDuel, which is sounds the same, but it's a lot more expensive because of the way <laughs> right. it works there. And Connor's eighty two hundred on FanDuel, but. Wow. I mean, Connor is like, it's funny because Edmonds is like, one side you've got the, the super talented chunk guy, but probably not the workload you want. And then Connor, like the workload's for sure. The matchup's yeah. awesome. They're playing the Cowboys who just are bad everywhere. Um, strong game script. They're a 14-point favorite. He, he was quiet last week against Baltimore, but did score a touchdown. But I mean, his touches the last four weeks, 18, 21, 25, 18. He's over 100 yards in four of his last six. I mean, Dallas allowed Boston Scott to have 70 rushing yards last week. Uh, Antonio Gibson had like 130 yards before that. Uh, Kenyon Drake had that huge game. I mean, they're just giving up. They're giving up points and yards everywhere. Um, I think Connor at 6,900 maybe doesn't have the quite the ceiling that Edmonds has that you're looking for. But, I mean, I think the floor is significantly better. And I think the ceiling is good enough that uh, I love I loved Connor this week too. Okay. So, Connor, I was actually not comparing Connor to Edmonds. Okay. Or if, if I did, it was quick because I was like, it's definitely Connor. I was comparing Connor to Cook. Oh, you're I'm playing like, Connor Cook, sorry. Yeah. Um, what do I get if I don't play Cook and I play Connor instead? Um, like, where does that bring me lineup wise or construction wise? Like, because now yeah. I, what is that? Um, 1300. Yeah. Like, that's a lot. Like, there's a very big difference between a $5,000 wide receiver and a 6300 or whatever, you know. For sure. So. Um, I think that you get. Uh, I mean, the answer to that question. I think that Cook is the is the, the ceiling guy. I think he's the guy that you know could have 150 yards and three touchdowns. Had last week. I think Connor is. You know, you're hoping for 110 yards, and and if you get two touchdowns, like that's a, that's kind of the end you're gonna get. Okay. Uh, I just wonder. I, I wonder in the second half with with Pittsburgh. You know, one thing that uh, if they're up, you know, 
28 to three? Like, do they just go Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland and kind of not ride Connor in that second half? Where I think that uh, I think Detroit is if Stafford plays his best, I think they score enough to keep Cook in the game. If, if anything else, I, I do think Cook's better. I think Cook's uh, a better option, but it, it, the price difference it gets really close. When you get thirteen hundred bucks, like you said, if you compare two wide receivers, it's uh, it, it's probably the two v two is probably pretty good with you. you want to do that one? Yeah, I really my next step was how do I play both of them? <laughs> yeah. And I'm Didn't anxiously work. waiting for your multiple three thousand dollar wide receivers to make that happen. I have not as many as last week, but I do have some that I like. So okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I just need out. one. Unfortunately, <laughs> I might need two. So let's so see. in in GPP world, if we can jump into that for a second, um, we talked about Edmonds, we talked about Connor, we talked about Cook. I think everybody's going to going to gravitate those guys. So you know, and so if you're playing GPP, you're looking for maybe someone in the same range that you really like that is uh, kind of comparable that might get it done and in the same price range, but maybe overlooked. I think that guy this week is James Robinson. Uh, they're playing Houston. We've talked about Houston uh, too much in terms of how much they give up rushing-wise. Derrick yeah. Henry had that huge game. Uh, J- Jamal Williams had 114 yards, total yards and a touchdown last week. 95% of the rush attempts go to Robinson. He's like the guy that has the Christian McCaffrey level of you know volume within the offense we saw last year. Obviously nowhere near the production or as good. But you know you want a guy who's going to be used a lot. It's uh, not a good game script. They are... They are underdogs, but you know he gets all the receptions too. He had uh, he had five catches when they played them in the first game. Um, he had four catches last week. Uh, he had two hundred, hit one hundred nineteen yards rushing and uh, rushing in a touchdown uh, either last game against the Chargers. Like we said, Houston's been thrashed by running backs. I think Robinson's going to go significantly underowned this week, considering the matchup, the price, and all that, just because of the guys around him. Yeah, he. I mean, he is definitely in play to be the highest scoring running back on the slate. For sure, I think um, so too. So I don't think there's any reason to not play him um, like the, well, let me, re- let me rephrase that. <clears throat> I think the running backs around him are in better game situations where that's why you play them in cash games and GPP. I think he makes a ton of sense, I do too. but I mean, there's a chance they get blown out like early. I mean that for they're, sure they're playing an offense that can score a ton of points quickly yep. and Although they've been mostly disappointing early on this season, I feel like we're constantly talking about how horrible uh, Deshaun Watson is for three quarters, and then all of a sudden he's at three thirty yeah. and three touchdowns. But every game, it's yeah, crazy, right? Um, but that's my only fear with Robinson. That like, I mean, he's going to be on the field when they're down, but like, if you're having to rely on, you know, nine carries for sixteen yards and then right. eleven catches on fourteen targets for fifty-eight, like, I'm not sure that's enough but um yeah I, I think he's a great play this week for tournaments yeah i think he's gonna i think if, if there was no edmonds on this board i think we'd be talking a lot more about james robinson on you know podcasts and articles and stuff i think that uh i think he's a really good play that i think is going to be like five five to seven percent more less less owned than he than he probably should be yeah agreed is, is there anybody else in this range there's a lot of guys i want to talk about lower but um you know I guess though Ezekiel Elliott obviously has that hamstring tweak. He practiced today. Apparently he's going to play, but like there's no way I'm playing him in this price, right? Like if he was in the five thousands, maybe I'd take a shot on him. But at this price, that he's eight thousand on Fanduel, there's just there's no point in playing him, right? No, I think you can comfortably skip down to a lot of people until you once again try to convince yourself that David Johnson's worth playing. <laughs> Uh, he, he's bolded. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> last guy in the 6,000s that I want to talk about, uh, Josh Jacobs in this game against uh, against the Chargers. Uh, Jacobs was weird last week. Like they had this game in, with the Browns where it was so windy that no one wanted to pass the ball. He had 31 carries. Yeah. He had 128 yards. Like 
that's uh, what's that about? Uh, just about four yards of carry. So it's not like he was super effective for those 128, but the volume's there. Only one target, but you know he is not really a target guy anyway. And they, they they didn't score, but they weren't throwing the ball anyway. Um, the Chargers are allowing 4.6 yards per carry to running backs. Um, you know Philip Lindsay had a huge play against them last week. Uh, I think that Jacobs makes sense. He's 6,300. He's really cheap for the the volume he gets. I think he's interesting in a a Chargers Raiders stack where you play something like. Herbert with Keenan Allen or Mike Williams, and you kind of come back with somebody. I think coming back with Jacobs is an interesting play. I think it's a game that uh, is going to have a lot of points. I mentioned that earlier. I think it's going to game that's going to go over the number. Um, I think Jacobs at 6,300 is uh, a lot more playable this week than I thought he was last week. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> for how much you love the Raiders, I mean, just go Herbert, Keenan Allen. Um, Don't say Hunter Henry because I'm not doing that anymore. No, because you have to play Mike Williams, and then you play Waller on the way back with Jacobs. Uh, you're going like that. Then you want like the 41 38 game. Yeah. It seems like every Chargers game in the fourth quarter is pretty much that. Right. right? Like it's, it's the Raiders, just, man. They're going to put, they'll play, they'll they're score up, for they're up, they're up 30. You know, the Raiders are, are in line for five straight touchdowns. So it's, it's perfect. <laughs> right. Four games in a row, they've lost a 16 point lead. Like, that's impossible. Like, there's yeah. no way that's a true stat, but it is. One of those games that came back and won against Jacksonville, but they, uh, it's incredible. It's almost to the point, like in the fourth quarter, you can kind of feel them thinking, oh my God, how are we going to lose this game now? And it's just, it, it happens every time. It's wild. You must be watching a lot of Falcons tape. I think, <laughs> I think you can make a pretty decent lineup of Josh Jacobs and um, James Robinson and have no, no nobody look that way. Yeah, I think that I think it's intriguing too. Uh, Jeremy below 6,000. You mentioned David Johnson uh, in that game with uh, James Robinson we talked about. Uh, he's uh, at Jacksonville, 5,600 on DraftKings. Uh, he was good in the first game against Jacksonville. He had uh, 96 yards rushing. His touches last three weeks, and we talked about James Conner. Uh, Johnson's kind of in the same range, 19, 21, 18. He's so boring. There's no explosion here, but like he's going to get the red zone carries. It's, if they're going to score, he's got a good chance to score if they don't throw it. Uh, great matchup, great game flow. I just hate myself for, for clicking the David Johnson button, but uh, I, I can't argue against it this week. Um. <clears throat> No. You sound like you're about to. <laughs> no, I, I just, I, the problem that I have with Johnson, and it's weird to think this way in terms of cash games because you always think about floor. And like Johnson obviously has a great floor, but the ceiling is so limited. Like, so if you, if you try to, like anyone that you get, it's like you're thinking about like, what are the, the, the realistic number of fantasy points I'm going to get? And obviously touchdowns just make it, that's how you get to the ceiling. That doesn't mean you like avoid guys who only hit their ceiling, but like generally you want like consistent players that also have upside. And Johnson just doesn't seem to have any upside. Like he's got to score twice to really to be huge, right? right. Like he, he, he's not going to get 160 yards. He's not going to get. He's not going to have a, an 80 yard touchdown. You just like you have to get two short, which is very possible in this game that he gets two short touchdowns. But like it's just so hard to count on that. Right. Um, Right, like he's not breaking off any long plays, like significantly long plays. Right, um, and so you're just hoping that he had he ends up getting enough touches for his like f- at best four yards per carry, and then he gets enough targets in space where he gets you know a twenty yard catch instead of a six yard catch. But yeah, he needs to like get in the end zone multiple times, and just the way that offense works is just not built to do that for him. And so, especially with Watson available near their goal line. Yep. Like I just, um, I think you can bold him every week because like he's got a safe floor. Be- the reason he's cheap is because he never reaches his ceiling. Like right. you need a ceiling game in order to get expensive, and he just doesn't True. get it. So um, I think there are better 
I think there are uh, cheap running backs in this price range who may not have the same floor, but if the floor is three points lower, the ceilings are like 20 points higher. And yep. so if you're going to do that, like, yes, you want the safer points usually in cash games, but if the ceiling just isn't there, which I'm guaranteeing now this is like guaranteeing he's going to score three touchdowns this week. No doubt. But I just think that there, I found at least two that I um, were much more interested. I mean, David Johnson just doesn't even come into the the process for me. So like maybe I uh, mistakenly just went by him. But I think there are other guys in this range that you're that have higher ceilings that you're better off targeting. So is that guy for you, David Montgomery? Is that guy for you, Antonio Gibson? It's definitely Antonio Gibson. And there's an even cheaper guy that I like that I would probably play over David Johnson too. Uh, Gibson's interesting. He had 128 yards against Dallas. Another nice game trip. They actually, believe it or not, Washington's favorite against the Giants. We don't say that very often about the, the football team. Yeah. Uh, the Giants held him pretty well uh, two games ago. They played in week six. Uh, he had uh, 30 yards rushing and 35 yards receiving. Only one running back has been over uh, 85 yards on the Giants. Uh, Benny Snell, that was week one, 113 yards. Seems like a long time ago, doesn't it, that Benny Snell had 113 Years yards? <laughs> but I think we I mean, we may have seen that shift to uh, you know using Gibson more in the last game. 20 carries was a, was a pretty good indication. And he's and he's a guy that is explosive. I mean, if he's going to get yeah. that many touches, you just have the, the chance of getting those big plays. So I – I prefer Gibson to, to Johnson this week myself also. Uh, David Montgomery, I want to talk about real quick. He's 5,700 this game against Tennessee. He's another guy. Uh, he's not quite James Robinson, but, like, the, the role in the backfield right now is huge for Montgomery. Tariq Cohen got hurt. Like, they pretty much – we talked earlier about Kareem Hunt not doing both. Like, David Montgomery's been doing both. Um, he has 18-plus touches the last four weeks. Uh, only one TD in that stretch. But you look at last week. I mean, the Saints D is good. He had 21 carries for 89 yards, two catches for 16 yards. He has 23 targets the last four weeks. So they've been using him in that in that role. Really helps in the game script in this game. If they do get behind Tennessee, I think he just stays on the field. Um, Tennessee gave up two rushing touchdowns last week. One of them was some Samaj P. Ryan, which should count for like three touchdowns because that's just so terrible. Uh, <laughs> Dalvin Cook went nuts on them uh, in week three. Um, I think Montgomery's at the point where he's just getting so many touches so involved. I think he's kind of like – He's kind of like David Johnson, like not very interesting, not explosive, but, you know, so many touches that maybe the floor is there with him now. Yeah, the only problem is that he stinks. Um, That's why I compared him to David Johnson. Yeah, yeah. so um, I think David Johnson is actually not good. I agree with you. He's not very good. I think David Johnson might actually be good. He's just kind of broken, like old and broken. Yeah, that's fair. um, No, I the the number of times I've played Montgomery because the everything just all the boxes you look to check for like a cash lineup, he just checks all of them. Yep. And then, yeah, it's like 17 for 63 and two for nine. And you're just like, this guy got 99% of the running of the snaps and the, all the everything. And you're just like, I don't, it's just like a b- weird offense that I don't necessarily want to jump into, especially when weird. Gibson's right. Weird, also known as really bad offense. Yeah. I just trying to be a little nice after telling, saying he stinks, but, um, <laughs> I, I think Gibson is just much more exciting. Um, it's definitely exciting. Yeah. Sure. Uh, coming off the bye, like, I think there's every reason to think that he um, should be good. So I've got three guys under 5,000, but you mentioned that you have some players down here you like uh, you like more than Montgomery or Johnson. We talked about him. Uh, who were you th- Who are you looking at under here in the, in the cheap range at running back? The first one is <clears> – <throat> so this is where it starts to get, like, they don't have, like, a dominant share of the touches – or the opportunities at least. And so like they're probably too risky for cash games, but you know, you're under 5,000. So you get that. 
But the one that just like exploded to me is a guy we've talked about multiple times is Justin Jackson. Like he, you know, home against the Raiders. um, He continues to like lose opportunities to Joshua Kelly. And um, what's the other guy's name? Pope. Yes. Yeah. I forgot yeah, Pope what his first name Pope had the short touchdown last week, which is oh. kind of annoying because yeah. I had Jackson in some, some leagues. Right. But like Jackson, it, it's just weird because he's obviously so much better than those guys. And yet, you know, like he did have 17 carries last week, which is nice. 17 targets, <clears throat> excuse me, in the last three games. So like at 4,900 on DraftKings, that's where you're like, you're going to have to, for cash games at least, like if you want to get like Cook and Connor. Um, you're going to have to play like a much cheaper running, a third running back, um, which is why like Gibson, Gibson, if Gibson's too expensive, then you can go down to somebody like Jackson. Are you going to try to convince me that one of the Baltimore guys makes sense? I'm about to. Okay. Because I assume that was another one. Um, yeah. Um, same so price as Jackson. JK Dobbins is, is 4,900. Obviously this only even comes into play as long as Mark Ingham doesn't play. I don't think he's going to play, but he's not fully ruled out yet. Yeah. Uh, I think J.K. Dobbins is a top, let's go top like seven talent running back right now in the NFL. I think he is so good. There's a reason I liked him early this season. We talked about him week, uh, I think it was week zero. We did kind of just talking in general. I just think he's so good and fit perfectly with Lamar, but they haven't used him. I mean, they have Gus Edwards. They have Mark Ingham. They just, it's been the usage. But last week they, they took the, the reins off a little bit, 15 carries, 113 yards, Um he has the highest missed tackle percentage in the entire NFL of guys that have a you know, certain number of 50 carries. I think it is 20% of J.K. Dobbins runs go for 10 plus yards. 20%. <laughs> That's every, every five plays you're getting a chunk play from J.K. Dobbins. And I understand that the way they've used him before, like he comes in the right time or maybe he comes in on third down. It's like a draw that, you know, kind of catches teams by surprise. But like he's just perfectly fit with Lamar Jackson to, to run this offense. He's elusive. Um, Sounds like David Johnson. Four- yeah, exactly. He played 54 snaps last week. So, like, that's the big number that you want to see. Even, I mean, Gus Edwards had a bunch of carries too. But I think he becomes very playable as long as it's a, it's a two running back situation. I mean, you've, you don't have quite the floor because he get, you know, if the, it depends how the game script goes. And this is a weird game where Indy's defense is, is pretty good. They've allowed 3.3 yards per carry. Like, if it was almost anybody other defense, I'd be at J.K. Dobbins in two seconds at 4,900. But, I think he's so good. My concern is that Gus Edwards does steal the goal line. I think that's pretty set that if they're inside the five, it's going to be Edwards over Dobbins. But um, I think it's a GPP play for in hundred. I think Dobbins has as much upside as almost anybody under 7,000. Like he doesn't have the cook upside, but it's not that far. I mean, he could break a couple of big runs. I just think he's really, really, really good. And I think it's the last time you see him under 5,000 for like five years. <laughs> I just um, think he's that yeah, no, I think, I mean, uh, reading Jerry's hidden stat line this week, like everything lined up for like a huge Dobbins game and that Edwards like poached touchdown is just so annoying. Like it is Dobbins played 11 of 16 red zone snaps. Uh-huh. Um, both of them were on the field for Edmonds's touch or Edwards's touchdown, which is like super annoying. Like Edwards lined up as the fullback and they gave it to him. But they said like Dobbins played 12 of 15 third down snaps, including 10, 12 on third and long. Like um, it, uh, Edwards is really annoying. Like, that's why. Like, so. Yeah, it's just, I, I just think that in this offense, I think this spread is crazy. I think Baltimore's favored by a point and a half right now. I love Baltimore. If you happen to be a betting person, this is like my favorite game of the season so far. Wow. Um, I think Baltimore coming off the high profile loss against the Steelers. But then you take one step further, you look at that game, they dominated that game across yeah. the board. Like, Pittsburgh shouldn't, I, I, 
I like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's been uh, been weirdly like underrated this year. They were four point underdogs last week. They've been they're six and one against the spread. I mean, they've been they never given the fully respect. But last week, I mean, it, it was I get four turnovers. Uh, Lamar had threw the pick six early. Um, I think Baltimore's going to win this game. I think they're going to win this game by a touchdown or more. I think this game lines up so well for Dobbins that I I'm definitely him over Justin Jackson this week. I'm him over um, Antonio Gibson, David Johnson, David Montgomery range. Um, I can't take him over the the, the six thousand guys we talked about if we're going straight up, but at the price, I don't know. I'm willing to take the risk that they, they they use him how they're supposed to. I think John Harbaugh is smart. I think he saw what everybody else saw last week and has seen so far this year. Um, I don't know. I think at the price, I think the talent is just too significantly good. I love it. Yeah. Last guy in this range, and this only comes if someone doesn't play. If Ezekiel Elliott does not play, uh, he practiced today. It sounds like he's going to. So this kind of is probably not going to happen. But I want to cover this because the last week uh, or two weeks ago, we had the Joe Mixon thing. We had uh, someone else didn't play late. But if Tony Pollard uh, sits in for Zeke this week at 4,000, I know the matchup is brutal against Pittsburgh, but do you take that price and the, p- the potential volume in a game that Tony Pollard's a talented guy? Um, obviously the offense is just horrendous right now. It might be Cooper Rush starting or someone like that. Um, do you consider Pollard at 4,000 if Zeke does not play? Um, I mean, you have to think about it, right? You like, do. Um, yeah, I think that's, yes, you absolutely have to consider that. Um, because you could go something like Pollard with Dobbins or Jackson, and then you suddenly get a really interesting right. lineup that, kind of goes along the, the Gio Bernard-Jamal Williams build we had a couple weeks ago that was, was huge. I don't think this is quite that level of, uh, you know, sureness and volume, but uh, I think Pollard's good. I think if uh, if Zeke doesn't play, I think you have, like you said, you have to consider him. I think there's enough guys low that I probably just moved to Dobbins or Jackson, but um, you got to think about it, 4,000. Yeah. Um, yeah, you definitely have to think about it. Speaking of 4,000 dollar running backs, Uh-oh. do you consider Jordan Howard at all if Breida doesn't play because Gaskin's out? So take your um, the kind of the guy that you don't like in the NFL that always screws you in leagues, and then multiply by seven, and that's how I feel about Jordan Howard in general. I think Jordan Howard sucks. Okay, but nobody else there is playing. Uh, Gaskins out. Matt Breida's not going to play. You've got Patrick Laird, but I think it's pretty clear that he's like a pass catching guy in the backfield. You, you could totally see a way that, that Jordan Howard gets a lot of carries here. I just uh, I can't do it. I just don't think he has anywhere near. Like I would play. I played Dobbins and Jackson so easily over him and find the 900 bucks. But, you know, I he, there's there's definitely a chance he could have 60 yards and two touchdowns like that. That works out if they get in the goal line twice. Um, I don't know what to expect this offense right now with, with Tua playing. I don't know what we're going to get. I mean, last week is weird. They jumped out on the Rams early because the, the defensive touchdown and the special teams. And we never we didn't really see what, what he had. He had that one drive that looked pretty good, but he had the turnovers. But uh, I don't know. I just can't stand Jordan Howard, to be honest. If you told me that Jordan Howard had 60, car- 60 yards and two touchdowns, I would guess he had 38 carries. <laughs> That's fair. Or just like three carries and they were on the goal line. But you know he's not going to have the 58 yards, so he can't. That doesn't work. Right. But you're right. I, I just uh, – okay. I think the ceiling, I, I mean, the ceiling we... you have to. You have to bring him up, and, and he could score twice. There's no doubt with the way they use him in the goal line. You know, before he, I mean, he wasn't even active the last few weeks. Like, right. I just – they obviously don't. If, if they liked him at all, he'd be more active, but they have nobody there. I'm not playing it, but, you know, I, I see the path to it. Yeah. Okay. Let's jump into the past game. Uh, but first, a note from our sponsor, Prop Swap. Smart, smart, smart sports bettors, say that three times fast, always know where to find the best odds before placing a bet. And that's why smart bettors use Prop Swap. You can always find the best odds on Prop Swap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like, but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for that uh, with a price you think is fair, then buy it. 
Prop swap sellers are always willing to negotiate, and we all know bookies never will. And for a limited time, our listeners get into five hundred dollars in bonus cash. To use the promo, just use the promo code ROTO five hundred. That's promo code R O T O five zero zero. And PropSwap will match your first deposit up to $500. Become a smarter sports better today. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. So, Andrew, we said earlier that, you know, there's a lot of past games here that uh, that we can like. I think we covered uh, – we, we spent a lot of time on running backs. So I think it's a little more difficult this week uh, to, to find the right guys. But it's weird. We get to the point at quarterback where you've got these, like, top four or five guys that produce every single week. We've got Patrick Mahomes who went crazy last week against your Jets. we got Kyler Murray. We have Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, those four guys. I think you probably throw Josh Allen this week in that group just because they play Seattle, and Seattle's so bad against everything defensive-wise. But they range in price. Mahomes is 8,100 on DraftKings. Uh, Murray, 78. Wilson, 76. Deshaun Watson, 71. Um, where are you going if you're playing someone kind of in, the, in this top end? Um, <clears throat> it's weird because the it feels like the top end – doesn't like usually we were we were used to seeing let's say three or four um top end wide receiver or quarterbacks and then there was like a significant drop in salary and it just seems like the steps down to the to the guys who aren't as good are smaller this year and so is that because watson is just still too low um i i think it's a little bit of that and the guys who are below them i think may shouldn't be as close as they are like i'll put it that way that's fair um, but like I went to Watson right away, um, just because like a thousand from Mahomes is that's a, like a decent drive. I mean, it, I, I don't, you're not going to like find an argument against any of these guys. Like they're all fantastic. Um, the way that I, I don't know how much you can read into what Mahomes did last week. Um, just because they like barely barely using uh Clyde Edwards Elair and Le'Veon Bell against the Jets in a game they absolutely destroyed the Jets in um but destroyed them because of Mahomes like that that felt like a by the way I'm still here kind of game yeah and um if like winning 35 to 9 would almost make us not play Mahomes because we're like oh they killed them so like let me go play Edwards Elair or Bell um I saw Bell was like 15% in the Millie Maker, which um, for like all we those... kind of we kind of joked about it last week. I did not think he gets a 15%. I really like just dead lineups. Like for those who play the Millie Maker, you should thank everybody who played Le'Veon Bell for their for pay, helping to pay the rake. But like just Re- I think revenge, all of those guys revenge, revenge, revenge. Yeah, absurd. <laughs> um, I, I went to Watson because he was the cheapest one. I think. Um, he also has like the cheaper receivers that you can pair with them if you want. Um, and so I think I like, I actually tried my best not to go in this range. Like if you're trying to play too expensive, like you're playing cook and Connor, or you want some of these expensive wide receivers, like you, you really can't pay all the way up at quarterback unless you've got some real punts. Um, if you're playing Jordan Howard, then maybe you can do it, but um, you're probably dead in the water anyway. So um <laughs> I think the salary savings from Watson to the other guys is reasonable. And like Buffalo and Seattle are weird because like we came into the season expecting their defenses to be good yep. and people are just shredding them. Um, but like Josh Allen's right below, but like, there's no way I'm playing Josh. Like I get it. I get it. But like maybe the Garoppolo play last week that seemed like such a slam dunk that is apparently an ankle injury. Um, 
No, and, he it was terrible for the injury. By right, the way, and then like yeah, like it was it wasn't working, and then he got hurt. Like it wasn't working either. Right. So Seattle like cross country trip playing a early body clock game. Like it probably doesn't matter, but like. It's there. I don't, think, I don't think with I don't think with them it does. I think they they figured that out. They're they're really good on the road on the East Coast, right? Um, and so like I I think if you can afford any of these guys, like if you have Watson or anyone below, and you make the rest of your lineup and you have the money to go up, like I think it's fine. Like I don't think anyone is going to be like overly popular uh, among court. I mean, we never really see quarterbacks like super popular anyway. But I think um, I think you're fine with any of them. As, as horrible as a answer that is. No, I don't think it's a horrible answer. I think uh, I agree with you on Mahomes. I'm not playing him this week. I think that the, when you look at the way the Panthers play defense, they don't blitz. So they don't like give themselves such a big plays. I think they're going to try, they play a lot of zone, which Mahomes doesn't, you know, shred as much as, as normally. So I think that, uh, like you said, Mahomes can go off anytime. I think this is not a game where it's built for him to go off. They, they allow 6.6 yards per attempt. So they're kind of like a, you know, keep it in front of us kind of defense. And that's the kind of D that Mahomes has struggled with a little bit, not struggle, but they just like, all right, well, we'll just run the ball and score yeah. different ways. So I'm still going to score, but I don't think you have that, like, the big play kind of explosion from Mahomes. He can do it anytime. Plays can break down. He has Tyreek Hill. It's looking to work, but not a week I'm paying up for him. Uh, the only guy we didn't really talk about in there, you talked about uh, Wilson and, and Watson. Kyler Murray is 7,800. He's been top 10 at quarterback every single week this uh, this season. He's just been super consistent. The rushing the rushing is crazy. He has seven rush TDs in seven games. We talked about guys, like, sneaking in some rushes here and there. He's, like, every week with it. Um, he was 360 and three touchdowns and 67 yards and a touchdown uh, running against Seattle last time we saw him on the field. That was week seven, that crazy game. Uh, Miami's been good recently against quarterbacks, but they haven't placed good ones. Russell Wilson had 360 yards on them. Josh Allen had 417 and four touchdowns in the first uh, first month. Uh, my only concern with Murray would be, like, can Miami hang in this game? It's only a four-and-a-half-point spread, but, like, how good is Tua going to look? Can he can he stick with Murray? Can they kind of go back and forth and make this a fun shootout game? Because I think you want – with Murray, that's what you want is you want that back and forth like we had against Seattle. That would be my only concern is I just don't know what we're going to get from from Tua. The, the, the Cardinals' diva is not something I'm scared of, but – um, you know, I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see Miami do it once, and they're, they're playing really well. But last week, like we mentioned, was the defense and special teams. Um, that'd be my only concern there is I don't think it's like as much as a back and forth crazy high scoring game that we might get with uh, with, with Houston and Jacksonville or with uh, with Seattle and Buffalo. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, the but so good. <laughs> I mean, he has really not played a single good team yet, and not that like the Dolphins are great, but I like I wish I, I wish I could be offended. Um, sorry. So like, I mean, he's killing, I mean, just looking recently, like the three sixty and three is against Seattle, who we keep talking about is just giving up loads of points. The week before was against Dallas. The week before that was against the Jets. And like, I, wow, they went, they went Jets, Dallas, Seattle in order. Yeah. Um, they played the Panthers the week before that when he threw for 133 yards. Of course he had three touchdowns. Um, and then in Detroit the week before that Washington, and then obviously the opener against San Francisco. And so, opener against San Francisco when he threw for 230 yards and one touchdown. Like, he ran for 91. significantly the best defense he faced tonight. Right. Yeah. And so, it's like, again, the the Dolphins aren't, like, an elite defense, but they're good. Like, they're they're good. They're good. So, I don't know. I... That's the only wrinkle I can add. Like maybe he'll only score twenty nine points instead of thirty nine. No, that's like, fair. I uh, I like Wilson and Watson the most in this group. Those yeah. are the two that I would I would pull out as my favorite. I think that you can play uh, Russ every week, and if you think that Allen does enough against their defense, which I do, I think this game would be pretty pretty significantly back and forth. I mean, just real quick on Wilson, like he's been quarterback seven or better uh, every game but one. Um, you know, they throw the ball a lot. Their running backs are so banged up. Great game script. He has three or more passing touchdowns in six of seven weeks. That is 
crazy. Like you just you look at his game log and it just is unlike anything else you see with everybody else. It's like three, three, four, four, five, four. It's just it's bonkers. And he has the two stud receivers, and we'll talk about them in a, in a second here. Um, the Bills gave up 300 plus yards passing three weeks in a row, week two to four when they're playing some big quarterbacks. I think uh, it, it's Wilson and Watson for me in the range. Yeah, yeah makes sense. So as we drop down, we have two very interesting guy, interesting guys at 6,800. Um, I know you're not going to like one of them in Lamar Jackson. The other one is Justin Herbert, who has been utterly fantastic. 20-plus point, fantasy points in five to six starts. His last four starts, let me read them to you real quick. 290 and three, 264 and four, 343 and three, 278 and three. Like that's that's 13 touchdowns over his last four starts. A nice game script here. I, I've mentioned before I'd like this game to go over. Um, Raiders and Chargers, I think the Raiders could do enough on offense to make them uh, make them stick with it. You know, we talked about Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly. Like they're, they're fine, but – you know, not guys like, oh, my God, he's going to get too many carries. They're just going to run the ball the whole game. Um, Brady was really good against Las Vegas. Uh, he had four touchdowns a couple weeks ago. Mahomes was good earlier. Uh, I love Justin Herbert. Though. I, I found nothing to go away from him him to play. Obviously, he's getting a little bit higher price. He's close. He's so close to Watson that that's maybe the reason. But uh, under 7,000, I'll still take Justin Herbert any day right now. So Herbert is exactly the guy that I was like, he's too close to the others salary-wise. Yeah. Like, he should be there. It's like an efficient price. Um but it just felt like earlier in the season or last season, it was like you had your group of guys who were like 7K and above. And then the few guys in the 67, 66, you'd never play. And then you get somebody like Herbert at 63, 62. You're like, all right, I'll, I'll go there. Um, everything you said, I agree with. I love Herbert this week. He, when I didn't, when I was going through, it was like, oh, I really like Watson. But I'm like, wait a minute, I really like Herbert. And I like wanted to keep scrolling to find him. Yep. And I was like, oh, he's actually just right there. Yeah. Um, so you don't get much of a of a discount. So I think he's going to go. He could potentially be a little overlooked just because um, Watson makes so much sense. But um, he obviously has one receiver who he loves to throw to, who um, I think you could argue is underpriced a little bit still um, in Keenan Allen, who we'll get to in a little bit. So um, that price last week was so stupid. That one was really dumb. Um, yeah, I think. I think you could win a GPP with Lamar this week. I, uh, as I study this slate more and more, uh, I like this offense more and more this week. It, I think that nobody's going to play them. And I think that it's a game where if I told you six weeks ago, I'm like, Oh, Lamar Jackson, 6,800 draftings. You would have thought that like he was significantly injured all season or something like mm-hmm. 6,800 for a guy that was the MVP last year. And had like 40 points. It was crazy last, last year. And last week, like it, we, I think we saw it a little bit. Like he made some mistakes, but he had that long rushing touch and got called back. Um, he was thirteen to twenty-eight passing though. Like the passing stuff is just not there right now. Marquise Brown complained after the game. Love the squeaky wheel wide receivers. We're getting to receivers, but uh, I think exactly what you said about the GPP is kind of exactly how I felt about Lamar this week. Yeah, I mean, it was four turnovers last week. Like that's yeah. he that's was fine. he did not play well. I mean, they had a lot of yards, so he kind of he played well in that regard, but like made so many mistakes in the passing. Thirteen to twenty-eight. I mean, that's it's really bad. <laughs> The Pittsburgh's defense is good, and mm-hmm. I mean, they weren't last week. They gave up a lot of rushing yards, but um, I don't know. Indy's been good against the pass overall, faced a lot of weak quarterbacks. Uh, Matt Stafford had 336 and three touchdowns last week. Uh, Joe Burrow had 313 yards against them the week before. Um, Lamar hasn't been over 210 yards passing or two touchdowns passing since week one. So, like, there's it, a lot of reasons to be like, it's just not working this year, but um, there's a lot of talent in that body that's uh, under 7,000. Like he's, uh, I think he's a prime GP guy this week, especially we talk about Herbert. I think people will like him and people will obviously love Watson and Wilson and, 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 and Kyler and, and Josh Allen right in that range too. Um, I think people go to Josh Allen over Lamar and I, I think I go the other way. Yeah. I mean, 
we looking at our DVP page because I'm like, how have rushing quarterbacks done against the Colts? Um, and like the Colts have given up. So like when you consider Lamar, it's like you think about the rushing yards and then like the passing yards are help are like what's on top, mm-hmm. um, which is why like Kyler has been so ridiculous because he's basically doing Lamar's rushing and throwing for 300 yards. Um, but like back at like the schedule. So they have not the most rushing yards they've allowed this season to a quarterback is 20. Um, have they faced anybody that can run? Minshew, Cousins, Darnold, Foles, Mayfield, Burrow, Stafford. Not the most athletic group I've ever heard. Right, right. Um, maybe maybe Minshew, I guess. But yeah, that's like, I'd be shocked if they had given up over 20 yards rushing, except for Sam Darnold with his 60-yard touchdown runs. But aside that... Um, Darnold, yeah, yeah nowhere... Darnold had the 20. That was the yeah, season high. Minshew had 19. That range, there's nobody in that range you're like, um, we better keep a linebacker spy on this guy. Right, right. Yeah. Burrow can move a little bit. He uh, rushed three times for two yards, but he had a touchdown. But like, it's <laughs> when you look at defensive stats, particularly with Jackson, it's almost like you just have to throw them out. Like, if a team gives up a lot of passing yards, like that, I mean, that's fine. But like, he's just so different than every quarterback still um, that I'm just not sure. Like, all the numbers say like not to play him this week, um, which is every reason to try to win a tournament with him. Uh, I would not be shocked if we flipped on Sunday night as we're watching the game and it, the Lamar, Marquise Brown, yeah. Mark Andrews stack was like, oh, I, that, that looks really good right now. And narratives are stupid, but Mahomes had that, like, I'm still here narrative last week. And I, I think you might get that here from the Lamar Jackson this week. I think that uh, he took a lot of heat this week. And I like guys uh, coming off games that took a lot of heat. He was blamed for that. I mean, it was, it was his fault they lost that game. And that, that pick six was horrible. <sighs> And he had the fumble. I mean, he, he just he just didn't play. He didn't he didn't keep keep track of the ball. He didn't he turned it over too much. Um, I don't know. Under seven thousand. I'm certainly has some GPP lineups with with Lamar this week. Yeah, they're cheap too. Like the receivers are cheap. Like you don't. Yeah, it's not like you have really, to. Mark Andrews is finally cheap. Like it's, yeah, like, we'll talk about tight ends, but he's like finally at a point where like Mark Andrews is priced where he should be for you know being a touchdown dependent guy who doesn't get any yards. Right. Like, it's finally <laughs> there. That the, the 2019 pricing is finally gone, and same with Marquise Brown. Like he's finally been dropped down too. Yep. Um, you can really stack nicely with them this week, and that's a, that's a play that I'm, I'm pretty agree, I'm pretty aggressive with this week. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the difficulty is that uh, there's nobody cheap I want to play. So there's two guys I want to talk about. Actually, three, but one's quick. I, I David Carr's 700. I'm not going to go there this week. Uh, I just think that I think this game can get back and forth. If you wanted to stack this game, I think you could do it. If you go with like a Carr Waller and you come back with like, you know, Allen or maybe even Allen Williams, I think it could work. But um, I think I'm going to do that. I'm going to find a way to make it Herbert instead of Carr in the stack. Okay. I agree. So talk to me at 50. Uh, there's nobody in the middle I like. I, like everybody's talking about, people talk about Ben Roethlisberger, Dallas. I'm not doing that. I just think that the, the, the game script doesn't work well and he has yep. not looked great. Um, I'm finally with you. I'm not playing Matt Ryan ever again. Uh, I, I, he has I just a, like, there's no reason to ever play him again. Like I, I just, the crazy thing is he has, he has one touchdown or fewer in five of his last six games. It's impossible in this current NFL. But the one week he didn't was the week that he won the millionaire maker at 371. Yeah. I like, mean, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Like for cash games, I just, there's, there's always someone else you can play. And, and Calvin Ridley might not play. Like I just, I, there's no way I'm doing it this week, but the guy in that game across the, uh, across the field from him, 5,200. Drew Locke is facing the Falcons. The Falcons have allowed 300-plus passing yards in every single game this year, except for the one last week where it started raining in Carolina and Teddy Bridgewater became really bad. 
strictly a price and matchup play. He's 5,200. So like you're getting a, a $2,000 savings from almost all the guys we talked about before, you know, 1,600 from Herbert and Lamar, but close enough. Hasn't been over 254 yards in a game, but last week he, he really led that comeback against the Chargers. He had 240 yards, three touchdowns. He only has four passing touchdowns all year, so that it, it kind of is. Uh, you're just looking at last week. I think strictly price matchup if you want to get a little different. Uh, locks the way to go if you want to get down here. I don't think I'm going to do it, but uh, I could see that path uh, pretty easily. Yeah, I could, that's fun. I could see it's that. fun. It's not. It's not a great play. It's a risky, super risky play. But Atlanta's bad, and if they if if Atlanta does enough with with their offense to score 24 points or something like that. Like you see this game getting uh, getting in the in the mid fifties uh, pretty easily with a little back and forth and bad uh, bad work on defense. Um, he's the only guy in this range that I, I would consider. I think. Yeah, that's fair. Um, if staff doesn't play, you got Chase Daniel at four thousand. I'm not doing it, but uh, you know, four thousand for a quarterback. Uh, Chase Daniel has five career starts, six touchdowns uh, total in those starts. Um, I think Stafford's probably going to play. It's not like he's going to come off the COVID. Uh, Mini and the Minnesota defense is not good. It's banged up. So I could see that if you really want to pump, but without Kenny Galladay, I just I don't think there's enough upside in this offense to do it. I, I agree. Do you have any consideration to the Jaguars guys, whoever starts, since we don't even know yet? Uh, I think it's going to be Jake Luton, yeah. and uh, I don't know, probably not. I, I think that the I think their receivers are hard to figure out too. I think that if you want to, it's hard to figure out who you want to stack. Whether you go Cole or Chenault or, or DJ Chark, I think it's hard to figure out who you want to stack people with. Um. I'd probably go lock before I went with one of the Jacksonville guys, to be honest. Texans have allowed eight passing touchdowns in the last two games. Yeah, that's not ideal. Uh, and it's a, it's a game script game. Like you get, uh, you know, if Watson gets out there and they score early. Like you could totally see the games are working. I just don't know. It's hard for me to play a quarterback I've never really, I've never seen play. So it's, uh, I think I'd go lock instead. Okay. But I think there's so many quarterbacks that I, I think I'll be in the, I'll be in the Herbert Lamar range probably if, uh, if I, if I try and save a little bit of money, I don't think I'm going to go way down here. Yeah. Just in terms of like safety, it seems like there's always like one guy who's really low that you're like, Oh, I could always do that. I mean, <clears throat> it was Jimmy G last week against Seattle. Um, it's been Fitzpatrick a few times this season. It just doesn't yeah. seem like the guys down there this week. Yeah. I think locked, I think locks that guy, but it's not a, like, I'm going to go down here and be safe. It's like, I'm going to go down here and save a bunch of money and stack a right. certain way in a GPP. And I think that, you get, you know, if you get two sixty and three touchdowns on lock, it, it could really work. But yep. it, it's a risky, it's a risky dark kind of play for sure. Let's talk about receivers. But first, a note from our sponsor, BetMGM. Football's in full swing, and new customers at BetMGM Sports can win the season with a one hundred percent deposit match up to five hundred dollars. Simply sign up and make a deposit with the bonus code bonus code RotoWire. Take advantage of the offer. There's never been a better time to get in on the action at BetMGM with parlay bonus payouts, live betting, daily boosted odds, specials, and much, much more. Don't let one more minute of the NFL season pass you by. Download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code ROTOWIRE to double your betting bankroll with a 100 deposit match up to $500. You must be 21 or older and physically located in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Although that's that's growing uh, over last week's elections. We have uh, some, some states that that's are right. uh, going to be uh, doing some sports gambling. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada or 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offers not offer, not available in Nevada. So pass catchers this week, uh, Andrew, at the top we've got uh, we got a lot of guys. There's yeah. a lot of guys you look at like, oh, this matchup works, this price works, I like the quarterback, I like the situation. Um, over 7,000, I think we've got uh, five guys. You know, Keenan Allen, Julio Jones, Diggs, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and DK Metcalf. Um, what do you do? Are, are there a couple guys in that range that stick out for you among the others? I think because of how many there are, 
you don't need to pay 8200 for Hopkins. I agree. Um, so it's just a matter of, I think Julio Jones is going to be really popular because if Ridley doesn't play, then people just automatically go there. Um, <clears throat> Diggs is kind of weird. Like, I feel like every week everything works out, but he just hasn't had like a monster game yet for the number of targets that he gets. Yeah, he had um, that one earlier in the year against Miami, but not right. uh, not since then. I just, I mean, I you could list off the the stats against Seattle, you know, right. until you're blue in the face. But they've given twelve games, uh, twelve wide receivers have over eighty yards on Seattle in seven weeks. Like that stat seems almost impossible, right? Like you're always <laughs> gonna you're gonna have a wide receiver one that gets ninety five or hundred yards on you, but twelve of them in seven weeks is just. I keep looking. at him like, there's not right. I must have added up wrong. And I go back. I'm like, yeah, twelve guys. I mean, that's. Uh, Great game script with Diggs. Uh, you know, the targets last four weeks, 16, 8, 11, and 9. Um, I think at 7,400, if you're playing uh, you're playing the, the Seattle game, it gets expensive really fast, though. If you want to go Wilson and one of the receivers with Diggs, it gets, I mean, you're going to have to go. You're probably going to Dobbins and maybe someone in the 6,000s. So you're, you're getting cheap pretty quick and getting some cheap receivers. But um, I don't know. I, I, I can't get away from Diggs in the matchup. I, I, I like him as a player this week. Sure. I mean, he makes a ton of sense. It's funny when you yeah. go to, like, DVP page. Pages, the DraftKings one, Seahawks have given up more wide receiver points than any other team. Yep. And in, in this time of, the, time of the season, you're like, oh, well, they probably played more games than everybody or, you know, than others. And it's like, nope, they actually have already had their buy. And yet yep. they're still cumulatively uh, giving up everything. So, yeah, I think uh, if you have enough faith in Josh Allen continuing what he's doing, then, yeah, Diggs, uh, you think Diggs is better than Julio? I mean, those are the two guys in this range that I do have a highlight above 7,000 are my two favorite plays. I mean, Julio's been, you know, what's that, 29 targets since he came back from Midget last week. He's 137, 97, 137 yards. Been massive. Um, Williams and Keenan Allen both scored against Denver last week. I can't I, – I like Diggs a little bit more just because I like the game a little bit more. But, uh, I mean, I wouldn't argue with Julio this week, especially if really doesn't play. And do you consider Keenan Allen better than both of them? I don't this week. You don't? I don't. So you love Herbert, and you think that game's going to have 140 points in it, but you don't like the best receiver in the game. I just like those other two guys a lot this week. I like Keenan Allen. He's on my list here. I mean, he's up 800 bucks to 7,000. Um, he'd be my third guy in this range. But, I mean, you got at some point, you got to make a decision and see which one you like more. I I like Diggs more this week. I think that uh, if I'm going straight up with Diggs and Allen, I take Diggs. My thing is I like Tyler Lockett more than Allen this week, and he's $200 cheaper. So, oh, I got okay. 6800 against Lockett. Lockett. We haven't talked about him yet because he was over seven. He was, we just got into the 7000 guys. But I think Diggs a little bit higher and Lockett a little bit lower. It takes me off Keenan Allen. But, I mean, if I'm playing Herbert, I, I certainly would stack them together. Um, but if I'm just looking at which guy I like more in, in terms of raking them, um, I prefer Lockett and Diggs this week. So what makes Lockett better than Metcalf? $1,000 cheaper mm-hmm. um, is a huge difference for me. Obviously, Metcalf is huge last week, but I think it's the way the, the, the matchup is. I think with Buffalo, they've got Tredavious White. We saw a couple weeks ago when um, Patrick Peterson was guarding Metcalf, we saw that they're like, oh, well, you know, we'll just run, Met- run Lockett around and throw it to him. And the Niners are built with, you know, good linebackers, good safeties. And I thought that we talked about last week. I just didn't, didn't think they had anybody to guard Metcalf on the outside. And we saw that, that they just I think Pete Carroll's smart. Russell Wilson's smart. confirmed. Like, yeah. It's like Emmanuel Mosley and uh, Jason Verrett, you know, have some talent. But they're 5'8". Like there's no way they're going to guard Metcalf, whether it be on a on a back shoulder kind of play or just deep. Like Metcalf's faster than everybody. Um, so I just think game script wise, it works out. I think Lockett uh, against the Bills defense uh, works better with the way, you know, slot receivers. There's only been two, two guys over 100 yards in Buffalo all year. Cooper Cup and Jamison Crowder, both slot guys. So I think it just works well matchup-wise. I think Lockett's a better play this week. And when you get him $1,000 less, it becomes an easy better play for me. Okay. 
That's all. Right, DK Metcalf is awesome golf against anybody, but thousand uh, dollars less. I think it's a pretty easy call this week for Lockett. Okay. Right. Yeah, Lockett's probably my favorite receiver in this range overall. Okay. I like it. Uh, what about uh, what about getting a little bit lower? We've got uh, any interest in like I'm just you know Allen Robinson, Tyreek Hill, anybody in that range? I mean, I just I can't fathom playing those guys over Lockett or Diggs for me. But uh, do you, anybody else in this range you really love? That's <clears throat> that's sort of where I was going. Like those other guys are just so much better, and they're all it's kind of like the quarterbacks, like the guys who are just a few yeah. hundred uh, more are just so much better. And so, but I mean, I I looked at Allen because I liked Herbert. Uh, I looked at Fuller because I like Watson. And like, Fuller's like a guy I just always try not to play. Um, it's like a little bit of like the Anthony Davis in the NBA fear that like at some point he's just going to like, oh no, and then he's just done. Um, Every other game it feels like. Yeah. Right, right. And so at least with Fuller, like I can convince myself that Brandon Cooks is, is good enough. And especially because he's so much cheaper. Um, like you don't have the, I mean, I guess now the separation between Metcalf and Lockett's getting big, but like, usually they're pretty cheap. They're pretty close. Same with, um, Julio and Ridley when they're both healthy, but like just going down the list, like Thielen, and then I'll just try to convince myself that Justin Jefferson is better or, you know, better for the price. Um, I mean, Terry McLaurin at 6,500 is, I like that one is it feels underpriced, but it's also not cheap. So you have to like kind of convince yourself that um, he's just going to get enough volume against one of the worst defenses in the NFL with 23 targets in the last two games. Like, I think he makes perfect sense, but I don't necessarily think he like jumps out um, even just because I think we've gotten him for cheaper. Yeah, I think that that, that makes sense. Uh, McLaurin's weirdly become a target guy, though. Like, I yeah. think last year was like the big play guy, but he has seven plus targets every game. He has 10 targets a game. I think he's 9.9, rakes in the top 10 there. Um, not the greatest game flow. You know, this game might be a little bit ugly, but, you know, and the Giants have only allowed one 100-yard receiver, but he's a nice combo right now of being really explosive and the target share. Like, we don't see that uh, with many guys that are, you know, in this range. You usually get, like, one or the other. Like, Justin Jefferson can blow up at a time, but it's not getting, you know, 10-plus targets. Um, I think McLaurin is the one guy in this range that is, is the combination of those two. He can make the explosive plays and get the targets. I think that, uh, I think he makes it. He's probably my favorite play in the mid-sixes. You mentioned one other guy. Um, GPP wise, I think Adam Thielen is interesting just because I don't think anybody's going to play him this week. There's like, you're going to look at it. You're going to be like, Oh, McLaurin and Lockett are right there. Oh, Keenan Allen's right there. I mean, everybody's going to slide by Thielen. Dude has eight touchdowns on the year. Um, has not done anything the last couple of weeks. I think he's off everybody's radar. He has 78 yards total last two weeks, only nine targets. Um, price under 7,000 for Thielen, I think is a, is a point where you're like, and nobody's going to play him as an interesting combo, but I think it's a GPP kind of thing. If you want to be a little bit different and get away from, you know, Lockett and Allen, I think he's, I think he's interesting, but not a guy that I'll, I'll play as like a core guy in any way. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Um, going back to um, McLaurin for a quick second. Um, do you have any hesitation that um, James Bradbury shadows him? I do. I think that he's there. That he's that one guy in the Giants defense. that's really good. Um, I still think McLaurin is an explosive enough to make a play, and they'll move him around a little bit. But uh, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a factor. Like, there's no, I don't factor that a lot um, usually with cornerbacks, except for the elite guys. Like, I think the elite guys do make a difference, and um, they have been shadowing a little bit with Bradbury. So I, I think that's a good point. Yeah, I um, so the Giants Bucks game last. What was that Monday or was that Thursday? Whatever their nationally national game that we have another NFC East team there. I think it was. I think it was Monday. Monday. <sighs> Feels yeah, like it was Monday because they, they came out like they were going to lose the game and then they came back. It was Monday, yeah. Right. So um, 
Mike Evans was like, everybody was like, oh, Godwin's out, so we'll just go to Evans. Evans had five on five catches for 55 yards and a touchdown on seven targets, which is like fine, but not great. Um, certainly at his usual price. So, um, yeah, Bradbury's like one of those guys who I'm just like, if I don't have to play against him, I'm not going to grab that guy. And unfortunately, it's not like I'm going to play any other Washington football team receiver. Um, and if I like Gibson too, like maybe I just go there. But what do you think about, um, I was going to ask about Robbie Anderson, but DJ Moore is really <laughs> your guy. So like 5,600, they really haven't been throwing that much to him lately. Uh, Anderson too, like all of a sudden it's just like they're, that's not part of the offense. And really it just seems like the offense isn't doing anything. CMC back probably. Is there any thought that you can get something out of the Carolina guys against Kansas city thinking maybe they have to catch up? I mean, I think that's more of a, maybe they'll have to catch up. I think that's pretty safe. Well, yeah. He's going to score. Um, yeah. It's interesting how these targets have kind of evened out. Like we talked about earlier in the year, like it was more for the big plays and then Anderson's getting more targets, but uh, 21 targets for Anderson the last three weeks, 22 for Morris. So they've kind of evened out a little bit. It's weird that, Moore's become the big play guy and Anderson, the possession guy, when you know Anderson was the opposite of that when he was with yeah. the Jets. I think they're both interesting, but I think for me, I'd probably just go the cheaper guy. I think I'd save $700 and hope to hope that the, it's a DJ Moore week over Anderson. I think I like him more as a little bit of a big play guy. But yeah, I mean, second half, they should be throwing the whole time, and these guys are going to get peppered with targets. Um, I think they're both playable, but for me, I'd probably just save the money and go cheaper, to be honest. There's one cheaper guy that I would love to ask about who has two teammates in this price range. Um, Deontay, huh? I mean, everything lines up if he's healthy, right? Uh, it does, and it's like it, we saw the price bump last week, and he's back down to Deontay Johnson. We're talking about Pittsburgh. He's up to five. He's down to five thousand on DraftKings, and you know Juju's uh, kind of been back the last couple of weeks. He has twenty-two targets last two weeks, but he's sixty-two hundred. Like I just. I'm not paying him at that price for you. He's kind of turned into weirdly a possession guy. Like he was nine for 85 and seven for 67 last two weeks. Obviously the question against Dallas is how much will they throw, but Dallas can't, they can do whatever they want against Dallas to be honest. But yeah, I I, I think Deontay is interesting at 5,000. I think there's a lot of guys in this range. You mentioned Brandon cooks. Uh, Weird with cooks is like he had that zero and there was a lot of people played him that week and it was frustrating, but he has nine plus targets last three weeks after the zero um, over 60 yards. He had eight for 161 and a touchdown in this exact same matchup against Jacksonville. So obviously something worked here. Um, Jalen Guyton and Keaton Allen had over 200 yards on Jacksonville week seven. Uh, They've given up a hundred yard receiver the last few weeks. So I think, I think cooks works in this range too at 5,500, especially if you stack watching, like you mentioned earlier. Um, If I'm playing a Pittsburgh receiver though, to answer, go back and actually answer your question. Um, it's Deontay Johnson at 5,000. I know he's burned me a couple times, but, um, you know, 15 targets the week before the Baltimore game. And he kind of got hurt again last week and was in the tent and then back out. Um, I think that, uh, I think it's a nice price to make some big plays early and in a game where they're going to lead. I want the guy that's going to make the big plays early rather than possession guys. Cause I don't think you get a lot of those like peppering targets in the second half. So in a game where they're a big target, give me the guy who makes the big plays over the guy who gets the most targets. And Claypool's just not a thought. I mean, he's always there and explosive, but I think if, if Johnson and, and Juju are both in the field, I think we've seen that Claypool's the third guy there. I think Claypool's done better when those two other guys, like one of them gets hurt or something happens. But I mean, I wouldn't begrudge it in this matchup. He's, anybody can make a big play early, but if I'm going to take someone for me, it's it's Deontay at 5,000. Okay. There are a bunch of guys in this range that I think you can play with. Yeah, I mean, we real quick, just go up a little bit. We mentioned Marquise Brown earlier, and we were talking about Lamar. He obviously, he tweeted earlier, you know, why why do you have a bunch of soldiers if you aren't going to use them? Then deleted the tweet, obviously, I'm sure. Harbaugh saw it and freaked out. 
um, two targets last week against against Pittsburgh in a game that they were you know trailing and had to throw a little bit. Yeah, but we mentioned throw. Lamar did did completely passes. He had 13 completions. Did catch a touchdown. I always like wide receivers that complain the week before because I tend to think that the coaches drop a play. I I just have to fathom they run a couple deep plays for him and like drop some stuff to get him get him loose deep. I mean, he's so fast. Um, Indy's given up 80, 85 plus yards to a wide receiver each of the last four weeks. So there's been like a wide receiver that has done well against them. He had six plus targets every game before last week. I think there's this narrative that they're not using him at all. They have been using him before last week. I think last week was kind of a an aberration. I think it's six thousand. He's expensive enough where not everybody's going to flock to him, but cheap enough where the talent kind of works out. I, I like Marquise Brown this week, and uh, I'm hoping that the, the squeaky wheel comes into play a little bit. Yeah, that Ravens passing stack is cheap. Like I think there's yeah. every reason, and especially with how much we talked about Dobbins and how good the running game is. Like that Baltimore team can put up a ton of points. They may not put up a ton of yards, but if they put up a ton of points, then you're fine. And I guess uh, Brown could score an 80-yard touchdown pretty easily. You know, that's in his in his wheelhouse. So for sure, uh, Mike Williams. We mentioned the, the Charters offense, uh, 5100 there. Another guy that you're going to get some up and down. He had he had his last weeks are eight targets, three targets, eight targets, 109 yards, then four, then 99. Um, but last week was good. I think he's kind of the guy you're going to have to hit that big play down the sideline, but Herbert can throw it. They like to do it uh, game. We've mentioned a bunch of times. I like to go over the number. Um, his price has bumped up a little bit, but I think at 5,100, he's still pretty playable. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So as we get cheaper here, I'm going to let you go first under 5,000. Is there anybody that jumps out to you as like, this is a week that, that I want to use this guy. Um, uh, I <clears throat> I wish I could get something out of a uh, like any sort of safety out of a Chiefs wide receiver not named Tyreek Hill and not that he's mm-hmm. like the safest guy but like McCole Hardman had nine targets last week 4,800 like that's a game that they should be throwing you know they should at least early on be throwing in because of the Chiefs um, but I would never admit this publicly but I really like playing Sammy Watkins when he's healthy I think um, you just admitted it publicly Oops. Um, I just think like the way that they use him, like he's, he gets enough targets and he, you know, he's not going to have like an explosive game, but at 4,600, if he's healthy, I think I, I might look his way, but ultimately I'm not sure how much I'm in this range. Um, Cause I think like that group that we just talked about, there are like a number of guys that I think you would play over them. Obviously it's a roughly thousand dollar difference, but I mean, I, I would prefer to even go below this group if I can instead of – I feel like this is kind of a dead zone for me, at least in terms of cash games. So I've got two guys in this range that I do uh, like and I'm considering. The first is Jerry Judy with the Broncos against Atlanta. Um, matchup play, and he's priced down. He's 4700 yeah. now. Um, Tim Patrick may not play. I think that's a, that's a big part of this. If he doesn't play, I, I like the, the target share here. Um, Ten targets last week for, for Judy. He only caught four of them. He had 73 yards. He had a one big, like a 47-yard catch. Uh, a guy that I don't think we doubt the talent. I mean, he's obviously yeah. coming out of Alabama. He the, the route running is impressive. He can get open. Um, you know, Drew Locke is a, is a bit of a wild card here with the with the accuracy. But the key with with Judy last week is they moved him to the outside. He's playing a lot of slot. They moved him to the outside without Tim Patrick playing, and he just he, I think that's a better spot for him. Great matchup, great game script. We talked about Seattle giving up a lot of stats. Uh, Atlanta's allowed nine wide receivers over ninety yards in the year. We had the, the Seattle stat was twelve over eighty. Nine over ninety is still really good in whatever this is eight weeks. Um, Justin Jefferson killed them. We saw that a couple weeks ago. Nine for one sixty six, two touchdowns. I think Judy's at a price that uh, he's a little bit low this week, and I think if Patrick doesn't play, that I'm going to find myself using some Judy this week. Yeah, I think that's more of a uh, we play him for what should happen mm-hmm. and not like what is more likely to happen. I mean, it's it's tough to got to, I mean, obviously he was playing outside, so like getting the number of receptions off of 10 targets isn't as easy. 
you know, it's, easy, it's easier to catch shorter passes. But like four of ten, <laughs> really good. bummer. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I think, but at, at this price, I think you get a combination of you're going to get some targets and he's got the explosive big play ability too. We saw that a little bit earlier with that touchdown against the Jets. That was obviously more of a bad defensive play, but yeah. um, and he's enough upside there that at 4,700, I think he's interesting. The other guy in this range is Sterling Shepard at 4,800. Um, it's weird. Like they have all these, these receivers and they're kind of interchangeable, but he's always the guy that gets the targets when they, when he does play He had 18 targets the last couple of weeks, um, 59, 74 yards. I think he has a nice floor in PPR. I don't think he's yeah. a big explosive guy. He, you know, almost had a long touchdown last week, but, uh, Washington's been pretty good against the, the past. They haven't allowed a 90 yard receiver all year. Um, I think I like Judy more this week just for the upside, but, uh, Shepard at under 5,000, I think is a pretty good floor. If you're looking for someone here that you just kind of, you know, you want to get your, your six, seven catches from. Yeah, no, I think that's a good call. Under 4,000. I've got a few guys down here. Is there anybody that, uh, you're especially interested in this week uh, in, in this really low range? Um, I found myself like having to use like six different things of like, if this happens and this guy doesn't play and, and I just like, can't really get comfortable with anyone okay and i need i need uh, at least one so hit me please well i mean the first one is a guy that we played last week and it worked out is darnell mooney um he's still 3900 he had uh, he had a touchdown last week he had six more targets five for 69 he has five plus targets in each of the last four games and he's still under 4,000. I, I thought he's gonna be like 4,500 this week he's 3900 on, on DraftKings. he only went up 400 bucks and I, the game script is nice. I mean, there are underdogs in this game. Nick Foles clearly likes him and takes shots to him. And we've talked about, you know, since Foles has taken over, Mooney's been very involved. I mean, he's a boomer bust guy. There's no doubt about it. But you get that when you're under 4,000, you're going to get that. But I think he gets enough targets and has the upside that you kind of, I think a little bit of, it kind of both work out under 4,000. He's a guy that usually you get one or the other. Yeah. And with him, I think you get both. I mean, it's an offense that, you know, Foles, who knows what's going to happen. But when you're going to give me targets and a little bit of a deep play upside guy, I think that under 4,000, that's, that's a shot I'm willing to take. Yeah, right. I would take it under 4,000. I guess that's fair. Foles is just awful, though. Foles is bad. They should really play. They should start Trubisky and then put Foles in, in like yeah. at the end of the first quarter because he just seems so much better coming off the bench. Yeah, or, or halftime when they're down by 17 because right. Trubisky threw two pick sixes. Yeah. Right. Um, so is I he... do like Mooney. I just think that they take shots to him. Uh, Danny Amendola is mildly interesting down here. 3,700. I know you cringe because he's a, you know, a Patriot guy. No, it's the other uh, guy, but... though. Take the other guy. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. Kenny Galladay, he's not going to play. Um, in the first two weeks when Galladay didn't play, uh, Amendola had 14 targets those first two weeks. Didn't do a lot with them, but if you're looking for in a drafting situation where you're getting the full point PPR, I think it's pretty safe that uh, that Amendola gets seven to eight targets this week. I mean, but would you rather 48 yards on your eight targets or 100 yards on eight targets? That's a that's a fair point. Um, I don't know. It's uh, I just think that uh, if you're going to go under four thousand and you want a floor, Amendola works well. Um, but, no, he. Uh, yeah. I mean, he obviously yes makes plenty of sense for that reason. I mean, Marvin Hall is pretty good last week though. He was good. Um, obviously, this all assumes five hundred eight yards, something like that. Yeah, this obviously assumes that Stafford plays. Like, there's no yeah, way I'm you not, look at these guys if Chase Daniels. Yeah, there. for sure not. Okay. It's got to be Stafford playing. But uh, I think both guys that you know, if you want to take a shot down here, kind of work. My other guy is a guy that uh, on the same team as Jerry Judy is KJ Hamler. We talked about him a little bit last year or uh, a few weeks ago uh, when he kind of first, then he got hurt right away, but yeah. he did score in that and score in that. He scored last week, but the key with Hamler for me is that when they moved Judy outside, they put Hamler in the slot. And I think that's a spot that's good for him. He played 52 snaps last week. This is a guy that has talent, um, was really good at Penn state last year. Um, we mentioned the matchup. Atlanta's allowed nine guys over 90 yards. He's 3,400 on DraftKings. 
if Patrick doesn't play, I think that uh, you get a situation here where you get a lot of snaps. And if you're going to, you know, for that cheap, I'm going to try and, you know, fall into a game that maybe uh, goes a little bit back and forth. Uh, Atlanta's defense is really bad. He scored last week only three targets. But if you told me that he's going to play 52 snaps again, I think I'd take a shot on Hamler again at 3,400. That's fair. Um, I mean, that's, yeah, I think that's a price and opportunity situation that you could definitely take advantage of. And and a little bit of mix of talent in there, too. Like, it's just yeah. not a – he's a guy that does – does have a little bit of, of game and I think that, uh, you know, his price down because he hasn't done a lot, but, uh, uh, Hamler and Moody Mooney would be the two guys for me under 4,000 that, uh, I'd be, I'd be much more inclined to play than anybody else. Do you have any consideration for, um, if we know Ridley's probably not playing, if Russell Gage doesn't play, do you have any thoughts on either Christian Blake or our boy Alameda Zacchaeus? <laughs> Um, I really don't. I mean, I know that, uh, it could work and I just, I just think they probably pepper Julio and maybe I move up Hayden Hurst if that's the case. But, um, I like Hamlin and Mooney more than those other two guys just because I don't know where that's going to go in this situation. I think it'd be just kind of, I don't know. I think it both work. Christian Blake, uh, you know, showed a little bit last week and he had a couple catches, but, uh, in Zacchaeus, we talked about, uh, we talked about like four or five weeks ago when the situation worked out well, but it didn't work out well. No, it didn't work yet. Yeah. Well. <laughs> the week it before it worked to. out really well. Um, yeah, I go Hamler and Mooney over those two guys myself. Okay, just checking. Yeah, no, and I mean, anytime you, you I can, can bring up Olamide Zacchaeus, it seems like I should sure. do. I should He's do kind that. Of the official guy of the podcast. Do you, right. if Gage does play, do you consider playing him without Ridley? I think I play Hurst before I play Gage. Okay, so that's a good a good segue into tight ends. Um, you know, with George Kittle uh, out for a while here. Um, Travis Kelsey clearly comes the guy. I think if you want to, if you want to go a kind of a, a Mahomes Kelsey stack and be a little bit different, you could do it. But at 7,200, um, I think I'm paying down this week at tight end. For sure. For sure. I mean, <clears throat> I think Waller makes a ton of sense at 5,800 if you really wanted to spend up. I just, there are enough guys. I mean, we only have three that are over 5,000. So it's not like we have to spend a whole lot, but I, they're just, there are some really attractive matchups here that you don't really have to pay too much for. And I mean, I think we have a few like very low punts that I think you could make cases for too. In the in the four thousand range, before we get to the punts, there are three guys that I think are very playable. I like a lot this week. First is Mark Andrews. We mentioned. Um, I think he's finally at a price where you can use him. He was sixty five hundred two weeks ago. Now he's eight hundred. <laughs> like that's a huge drop at tight end. Um, six targets last week. He's only three for thirty two. Um, he does have five touchdowns. Uh, TJ Hawkinson did really well against Indy last week. I think it's if you're going to go with the Indy passing game. I think Andrews does make sense. But the guy that I really like here, and we talked about, we talked about Judy and Hamler. And the reason I might get away from those guys is I, I love Noah Fant this week. Uh, 4,700 draft, 4,600 DraftKings. I think he's at a price where he's not so cheap. Everybody's going to go to him. But nine targets last week. He's finally, I think, finally fully healthy. Seven for 47. I think no Tim Patrick would help too if he doesn't play. But 16 targets last two weeks. Great matchup. Great game script in Atlanta. Atlanta's allowed eight touchdowns to tight ends on the season which seems crazy but it's actually true they had a they had a, a three touchdown game to robert tunyon um, who did nothing last night for the packers thanks but um i love i love fant this week 4600 he is uh he's a guy that i have a lot of teams if you're gonna play a broncos tight end for your touchdowns why don't you get the guy who scores the touchdowns though albert oh, our boy last week it was looking it was looking bleak looking for a while, very bleak but, uh, <laughs> but got the red zone touch again my concern on him was that um, the week before they were kind of playing both of them, and now Fant played so much of the time that um, Albert only had 16 snaps, which kind of uh, kind of muted me on him a little bit. I was uh, I, I was happier when we were getting seven targets, one target, and 16 snaps can be really tough to overcome. 
but like if he plays 32 snaps and yep. we get two touchdowns, it, obviously we'll then it then it works. I mean, he's got five red zone targets the last three weeks. Like for a guy at at 2800, I think I think it works. But I, I do like fans a lot this week. No, yeah, fan fan makes much more sense. I I was surprised to see his price actually because um, it just seemed like he'd been inching up. Um, he's a little cheaper than he was last week against the Chargers after nine targets. So, um, yeah, I think Fant makes a ton of sense. I really like Hayden Hurst this week. Um, 14 targets in the last two games. Obviously, uh, we're expecting Ridley to be out. And if Gage is out too, like, I think I, I'm never going to make a two tight end lineup, but um, Fant and Hurst together would be yeah. quite a way to go. Um, so you mentioned you mentioned 14 targets for Hurst. What if I told you 200 bucks more, you get a guy who had 19 targets the last two weeks, um, six of 46 and five for 61. His price has dropped $900 the last two weeks and he's playing Washington. Any interest in your boy, Evan Ingram this week? Um, 19 targets the last two weeks. And three rushing attempts. Yeah. True. Also, um, um he only had 30 yards against Washington, uh, against them in week six, but, um, I don't know. I think it's, uh, I think it's playable at 4,300. I think I just prefer Fant for $300 more than I'll probably get away from it though. Yeah. You usually don't need to convince me about Evan Ingram. Like, um, <laughs> I'm usually all right with that. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm certainly playing him over Gisecki or Fells or Hunter Henry. So, or Johnu Smith. What, what the I'm heck happened? What happened to Hunter Henry? Uh, oh yeah. Um, five straight weeks under 40 yards. Herbert just can throw too much. Like he, he, he can just do it. And so they don't need it that underneath. I'm just amazed. And obviously his price like keeps going down, but I'm always amazed at how optimistic people are about Johnu Smith. Like, what is it? Like, is what is it every week that everyone's like, no, I like Johnu this week where like, he is just your prototypical tight end or t- touchdown dependent tight end. And people are like expecting some sort of like, 12 target game out of him. Like, I just don't get it. But now he's 3,900 and everyone's been like, oh no, let's play Janu. Cause like we were playing him at 5,900. He has, he has four catches the last three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> total. Not, not per week. Total. I don't, I mean, I don't get it. Uh, I think it's a guy that uh, when he catch passes, he like can, he looks athletic and can mm-hmm. break away. He had five touchdowns the first four, first four weeks, but right. Uh, I am not, I would not play him over Hurst Ingram fan. Like just everybody that range, I just wouldn't do it. Yeah, no, I agree. Aside from Albert. O, are there any other, uh, pure punts down that you like? No, if I can pay, how much is he? 25, 28 for Albert. No, if I can play 2,800 for a guaranteed touchdown, then I don't need to go anywhere. (laughs) The only guy that I think is remotely interesting down here is if, uh, dependent on someone not playing, um, if Greg Olson does not play, he was limited at practice on Thursday. I think Will Disley, if you wanted a piece of this game at 2,700, is a guy that uh, I wouldn't argue hard against just because of your fact you're getting a game that could go back and forth a lot of points. Wilson, um, you know, can strike to anybody. I don't love Will Disley as a player, but 2,700 um, was the one guy under 3,000 that, that I can kind of get behind besides besides Albert. Um, I guess. It's not, a, it's, not, it's not a good or pretty play, but if Olsen sits – um, you know, you're getting the starting tight end for a game that's the the highest total in the game with maybe the best quarterback in the game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, um, I guess, I guess you you made me like like lock it way too much that I'm like obviously anything that would go to Olsen who it's not like Olsen's like a nine target yeah. guy himself. 
Um, it's a uh, it's a punt down here if you need it. Uh, yep. I think if you you just get a piece of this game and a piece of this offense, it's super cheap. But that makes sense. Uh, that's me also not playing, but not anyone I'm excited about anyway. Right, and you don't have to play like Tyler Croft on the other side. Yeah, I don't want that. Um, defense this week, I think everybody uh, everybody's going to have Pittsburgh ranked first among uh, you know if you're playing a season long, but they're priced like they're first. I mean, they they crazy struggled. price difference. Yeah, they struggled yardage wise last week, but they still had four sacks and four turnovers and a touchdown. Dallas allowed ten sacks the last two weeks, so I get that. I think they they're a lot more playable on Fanduel, where all the defenses are kind of bunched together. Like if you look at um, the difference on, on, on between Pittsburgh and Washington, say on on DraftKings at fifteen hundred, it's three hundred on Fanduel. So like oh, I, yeah. you can you can argue for Pittsburgh pretty easily there on on DraftKings. It's really hard to get there. Um, I like Washington at thirty four hundred. They had six sacks last week against Dallas. Um, the Giants have allowed six sacks over the last two weeks. They committed five turnovers the last two weeks. I think that uh, Dan Jones is the guy that gets loose with the ball. So I could see if you want to save some money. I, I think Washington at 3,400 is one of my favorites in that mid-range. But you're usually better with, with cheap defenses. Who do you like this week? You say that, but I'm actually very – I've been awful at it this season. Like, I just pick one, but, like, oh, that why doesn't – Why did you tell me to play Miami last week against the Rams? Oh, did I really? No, I said I wish you did. Oh, I wish, yeah. I played the Browns. Who I was like, oh, they're just as good. Um I immediately looked at the Vikings with the possibility of Stafford being out. Um, Stafford being in doesn't make me like them quite as much. Um, yeah. But if he doesn't play 2,400, I think makes makes sense. Um, I, there really wasn't anyone like dirt cheap that I liked. Um, I think the cheapest I was really thinking of was um, maybe either Arizona or Tennessee. Um, if those, you think those that, are the two that I had down there too, yeah, like if you don't want to think that, I mean, Tua didn't even have that great of a game when he came, you know, um, when it finally came in, down to it. Um, like that game was wacky for yeah. so many reasons. Rookie, rookie quarterback in his first road start. You yeah, know, Arizona has eight sacks last three games. I, I think that could work at twenty hundred. Yep, and then um, I'm fine playing anyone against Nick Foles uh, at three thousand on DraftKings. I think that's fine. Um, and then Houston at thirty one. Uh, with Minshew out, as crazy as that sounds, like, oh, they have no Minshew, so they're done. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think that's uh, that's definitely a possibility, too. I I, actually, I think everybody's going to play Washington. I think they're going to be the most popular. I like Baltimore this week. Uh, we talked about how that game, I think that Baltimore's going to win. 3,500 DraftKings is a, is a pretty good price. They're 4,500 fan. I don't like as much there. But Baltimore has 15 sacks last two weeks. The Indy offensive line is good, but... Uh, if you're going to get Phillip Rivers, it's a game flow thing for me, just based on the way I think the game's going. I think Baltimore's going to get up. You get Phillip Rivers coming back, throwing passes. Um, I think that he's going to make a couple mistakes. I think the Baltimore in the second half is a defense that's going to make some plays. I, I like that one at 3,500. But, but, but it's strictly by the way that I think the game's going to go rather than like Vegas or anything like that. I, I think Baltimore rolls in this game, and even as a, as a small favorite. Um, I think Rivers makes a couple mistakes in the second half that, that work out for fantasy. It's weird to see that there are only 200 difference between – Baltimore and Indianapolis. Yeah. Like it's, it feels like an overreaction to Lamar having a horrific game last week. I think everything about Baltimore this week is an overreaction from last week. And if you look a little deeper, um, some turnovers made that game, uh, they actually dominated Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. The the yardage difference is is huge. And I get that, you know, Pittsburgh had the early and didn't have to do as much, but like that was a close game. The game got pretty close for most of the second half. And I just think that, uh, I think Baltimore's defense was good against Pittsburgh. I think their offense was really good against a really good defense aside from the turnovers. Um, I think this week is a, is a huge overreaction to that game last week. Totally agree. So, uh, yeah, probably Baltimore one for me, Washington two. And then if I wanted to save under two, under 3000, I'd probably go Arizona. Yep. I like that. <clears throat> cool. 
Anything else you want to discuss for uh, for week nine here? No, I think it's just going to be a, an interesting week for cash games because you have like Cook and Connor, I feel like are just the two obvious running back plays, but you're ultimately leaving yourself not a lot of salary for the other spots. And so you're, um, I think most people end up on Cook and then, but even the cheap running backs, like we went through them, they're all, they all kind of have some question marks like Gibson and Jackson, guys like that. And so I think we're not going to see like a very clear cash construction this week um, unless something wacky happens between now and Sunday, which has happened multiple times this season because it's 2020. Um, you said you said Cook Connor. I'm going to bet that Chase Edmonds is a higher. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, I meant Edmonds as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there's two guys. I think that uh, I think Edmonds is going to be higher, but. That I think, getting if you if you do play that getting that third guy that's cheap I mean uh, you mentioned uh, Jordan Howard maybe people play Patrick Laird I think getting that third guy right in a cash line is gonna be pretty uh, pretty big yeah and I mean we we talked about a few cheaper wide receivers but they're just they're not that many of them yeah. um, because I, there will absolutely be team jam them in with Cook Edmonds and Connor and just be like I'll just let the wide receivers do what they do. Um, but like last week, we had six or seven guys cheap. And if you look at the millionaire winner, it had Mims and someone else really cheap too. I forget who it was, but uh, Mooney did well. Like there's there was a ton of cheap wide receivers yeah. last week. It's not there this week. Like it's just said. not. Like it's it's a cliff dive off of once you get uh, below a certain amount. So um, I'm looking at ownership percentages here, and like none of the wide receivers in the top like 20 are really cheap guys. Like so, mm-hmm. there's just there's no like one or two obvious guys. Like I'm just gonna play Denzel Mims this week, and you know as long as he gets the volume, that's fine. He didn't do him a lot, but like it's obviously worked in the in the right lineup. But uh, you're right. I'm looking at this now. There's not it's maybe Mar- Marvin Jones, but he's like 5100. He's not right. that cheap. There's just nobody. There's nobody under 5000 that people. You get to like Jerry Judy's like six percent projected. That's the that's when you get there, but. You're right. There's no like obvious go-to cheap wide receivers. This week. No. So like you're going to, but we're going to need either cheap wide receivers or cheap running backs. You can't play uh, expensive guys everywhere, especially because we talked about how there are no quarterbacks we want to play that we want to pay down yeah. for. So um, I think just constructions are going to be all over the place this week, which yeah, that's a good um, point. Yeah, makes it a little tougher for, for cash games just in terms of actually building lineups. But um, we're just going to have a lot of paths to go down uh, in terms of where the points are actually going to come from. Yeah, I think it's a really uh, a really fun week where there's a lot of ways you can go that you actually like. Usually we're like, oh, I'm going to go down this way, but I don't really like it. Um, I think I'm going to end up liking my lineups, which never really works well. But there's <laughs> situations where um, I think a lot of lineups are going to look uh, look pretty fun and pretty good this week. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. We always appreciate it. As always, if you could please rate and review the podcast, we'd greatly appreciate that, too. If you want to follow Andrew on Twitter, he is at Rotowire Andrew. I am at Scott Jenstead. Hope everybody has a fantastic week nine. We will back at you next Friday with looking at the uh, the week 10 slate. So everybody have a, a good week and take care.